Let's get to Gideon and Faith Walkers. It's been a couple of weeks since we've dealt with Gideon. We finished the first two parts of his story. And we're ready for the last couple of incidents in his life. Uh, he's an example of uh, the two extremes. Example of starting with being a coward, absolutely no faith, and working up to being a conqueror with lots of faith. In fact, we'll see next week, maybe he got a little bit too confident, so we'll see if we can figure that out or not. Remember when we first met him, he was hiding in the wine press, he had no courage, he had no confidence in himself, he had no confidence in God. He wasn't sure God was around. He wasn't sure God was helping or was active. Uh, angel of the Lord came to him and called him mighty warrior. And he didn't buy that story. Uh, but God just kept working with him. God said, I'll take care of things. Uh, God said, you just have to do what you ha- use what you have and I'll take care of the rest. Uh, he started at home. He obeyed in fear. He wasn't... Excuse me, he wasn't confident at all. His first obeying experience, but he did it, and things got better from there on. Uh, He still needed reinforcement. He needed a couple of signs to make sure he was on the right track, and God was gracious and granted him those signs, and uh, Gideon kept progressing. Uh, So tonight's encounter is basically the seventh chapter of Judges. And we will be reading quite a bit to make sure we get the story straight. So if you want to turn to Judges 7, fine. I put most of it on your handout, but we'll read in between a little bit. And I entitled this section, In Command. Remember, after he tore down the uh, idols in his hometown, uh, he was, and after he had the signs, he was brave enough uh, to blow the trumpet and call for people. And the army came, 32,000 volunteers showed up. So chapter 7 starts with what happened after that. And verses 1 and 2 says, early in the morning, Gideon and all the men gathered to camp at the spring of Herod. And the Lord said to Gideon, verse 2, you have too many. How about that for a shot? Gideon has grown all this way. He's got confident enough to blow the trumpet. He's called for reinforcements, and 32,000 guys show up, which is still a bad ratio against 135,000. But Gideon's confident enough. He thinks, we can do this maybe. And God tells him, you have too many men. And then God explains to him. He says, I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, into the 32,000, or Israel will boast against me. My own strength has saved me. So God's reasoning was, okay, you got too many. If 32,000 go out, it's still a great victory, but it's in the realm of possibility. It could possibly happen that 32,000 really bad guys beat 135,000. So he said, I can't do that, or Israel will think they did it. So... Here's the situation. Announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear, anyone who's afraid, may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So let anybody who's afraid go home. Well, 22,000 guys said, I'd rather be home than fighting the Midianites. So they leave. Uh, I don't know how fearful they were, but they 
decided that was the better part of valor was to get out of there. So they turned tail and headed home. Now, that's still quite a drop-off. They lost 69% according to my calculations. So we're down to 30% of what we started with. And that may sound like, okay, surely this is light enough. They, They can handle this. But verse 4, the Lord said to Gideon, there's still too many. Now, this isn't going to work. You've got 10,000 against 135,000. That's not low enough. Israel still might think they did it by themselves. So take them down to the water, and I'll thin them out for you. And you know the story that if you've ever been in Sunday school, uh, they went down to the water and Gideon told them to take a drink. And some of them just flopped down on their hands and knees and stuck their face in the water and drank. And some of them took uh, their hands and cupped the water and brought it up to their mouths and drank like that. Now, the way we always told the story in Sunday school, at least all my Sunday school teachers, were that the guys that cupped their hands and took the drink were the sharpest They were aware. They were keeping their eyes out for the enemy, so they'd make the best soldiers. And that's what I always thought. But I was was reading and studying for this, and all the Jewish scholars say, no, those were the chickens. The 300 were the ones that were afraid. The guys that weren't afraid, that were tough and brave, they just got their drink. But these other guys, and the enemy wasn't even there, I mean... Couldn't see them, hear them, or anything. But they were drinking like this, watching, afraid they were going to get attacked. Because that's the way the Jewish scholars tell it. So obviously there's no way of us knowing which interpretation it was. But God picked the ones who drank from their hands and were either most aware or most afraid. Uh, Whichever he was doing it, uh, maybe he was picking the worst of the 10,000. However he picked it, he's still, he's really trimmed her down now. We're down to less than 1% of what we started with. We had 32,000, we're down to 300. So uh, God sends the rest of them home. Gideon tells them that uh, they can go back to their tents and they don't need to fight. So they're out of there. So we've got less than 1% of what we started with. Now, look at verse 8. I didn't put it on your handout, but... Look at what happened after that. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites to their tents, but kept the 300 who took over the provisions and the trumpets of the others. You know what's not in that verse? Anything about Gideon being afraid. By this time, it seems to me, Gideon's coming along. He's getting with the program. He's developing this faith. And this is outstanding faith. You know, at 32,000, I got a chance. 300, this is looking shaky. But if that's what God said, that's how we're going to war. So get your equipment, we're ready to go. Um, so verse, um, let's see, 9 here, where's 9? Yeah, okay, so Gideon's ready to go. There's nothing in there about him being afraid. Camp of Midian's down below them. He's got his 300 men. He's ready. Now, this is interesting, the next step. Verse 9. During that night, the Lord said to Gideon, Get up, go down against the camp, because I'm going to give it into your hands. 
If you're afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura and listen to what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Pura's servant went down to the outpost of the camp. Now, this, this is another step in our development. I hope you're keeping track of not only Gideon's development, but I hope you're remembering it so you can apply it to your own development. There's a point here where we're doing what God says, or Gideon's doing what God says. I mean, this is some big faith. If you want me to fight with 300, I'll fight with 300. But God knows he's still afraid. God knows deep down this is scary. So God's reinforcing him, even though Gideon's not asking for it. He's, he's getting signs. He's getting reinforcement. He's getting encouraged by God. He needs it, but he's not asking for it. And I think if you chart out Gideon's growth, that's an interesting step of growth. He not Before, he wouldn't take the next step until God gave him a special sign. Now he's not asking for it, but God still knows his heart. He needs, knows he needs a little reinforcement, so he gives it to him. Uh, that's one way to look at this. The other way is this is even kind of a big faith test in itself. If you're afraid, go down to the camp. <laughs> if you're afraid, go down there and mess with those 135,000. You know, go get close to them. And I don't know how you take that, but when I read that, I thought, you know, if I was afraid, that's probably the last place I'd want to go. I at least want my 300 with me. But this is just me and my servant. And God says, go down there. So he headed toward where the trouble was. And maybe that was a, a step of faith test also. But for whatever reason, he went down there. Uh, and remember, God brought up the if you're afraid part. Uh, in fact, it's kind of interesting. First, he told him to go down. And then he said, if you're afraid, go down. So he just kind of slipped that in there. And Gideon went, so he must have been a little bit afraid. And verse 12 says he had good reason to be afraid. The Midianites, the Amalekites, all the other eastern people had settled in the valley thick as locusts. Their camels could no more be counted than the sand on the seashore. That was a big bunch. Big group of folks were going to go fight here. So <clears throat> Gideon and his servant get there, and I didn't put the, the dream part in here because most of you have heard it before, but it's an interesting account, so we're going to read it, verse uh, 13 there. Gideon, uh, verse 12, Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend of his his dream. I had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. Now, I don't know how sharp you are, but at that point, I wouldn't be getting much encouragement. I would think, that's a really strange dream. Uh, guy had a little too much ale before he went to bed or something. Uh, a round loaf of bread smashed the tent. So I don't know how encouraged Gideon was at that point, but he listened to the next response, and this would be encouraging. Because his friend, who was obviously a first-class dream interpreter, said, Aha, 
This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. Now, what's Gideon learned all of a sudden? That these guys are so spooked they're dreaming about him, that they know about him, they know his name. Remember what he was a couple weeks ago? I am the, my tribe's the least in Israel. And I'm the least in my tribe. Nobody knows me. I can't do anything. And now he's got the Midianites know who he is. And they know he's coming for them. So he was encouraged. And their interpretation of the dream was the correct one. Uh, God's given Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. Now, what's his response? What our response ought to be when God does something really cool. He worshiped. Verse 15, when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he worshiped God. It would be a good study. Go through the Bible and see how many times people either ran into God personally, virtually, or saw an act of his or something and fell down and worshiped. That's the response. And, and you think through the... The, the physical, the, the real world part of this. There's 135,000 trained killers down here. Gideon was hiding in the wine press a couple of weeks ago. Now he's got 300 buddies, and the Midianites know him and are afraid of him. Would you think God's working in this? Would you have a little faith and think, eh, he is taking care of me. He told me all I had to do was do what I had strength to do. He told me he would go do it. He told me he was the one that was taking care of it. He's answered all my signs, and now they're afraid of me, and I hadn't even attacked yet. He worshiped God. Then he returned to the camp of Israel and called out. Now he's really confident. Now he is ready to go to battle with 300 guys. He called out, get up. The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. So he put the battle plan into effect. He divided the 300 into three groups of 100 people each. And he gave them each what everybody needs to go into war, a trumpet and an empty jar and a torch. Pretty good arsenal, isn't it? Uh, That was the plan. And when you... Think about going from 32,000 to 300. That's not even a weird plan. (laughs) If you're going to go with 300, okay, let's go with a pitcher and a torch and a a trumpet. So they issued 300 trumpets, 300 jars, 300 torches. And look at Gideon. Look at our man here. He says, watch me. Follow me. Follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly that. As I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, because he was with a hundred of the guys and two hundred were elsewhere, he said, When we blow our trumpets, then from all around the camp you blow yours and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. And then, of course, they were supposed to, we'll read the rest of it later, break your jars and the lights come on and all that. Okay, how far have we come? How's our faith walk coming along here? Absolutely afraid of everything, no self-confidence, no trust in God. Now we got 300 guys, we got torches, jars, and trumpets, 
and we're going to war, and he's saying, well, you watch me. You do exactly what I do. And we got these guys. So Gideon and the hundred with him, reached the verse 19 now, reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they'd changed the guard. They blew their trumpets. They broke the jars that they were hiding their torches in and smashed the jars. And grasping the torches in their left hands and holding in their right hands the trumpets what they were to blow, they shouted a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And while each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. Okay, 135,000 Midianites plus quite a few camels sleeping soundly. All of a sudden on three sides of them, probably a mountain to the back of them since they're on a valley, on three sides of them all of a sudden there's all these trumpets blowing, at least 300 companies coming for them. This huge racket of all these pitchers breaking, all these lights come on, torches are all of a sudden everywhere. They panic. Okay. Now, seems like a reasonable response, uh, but they, in addition to them panicking, the Lord's still working. Look at the next sentence. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. So they're so scared they start whacking each other out. Okay? That's a great story. Great Sunday school story, but a great adult story too. Uh, because we're learning where Gideon came from. Where he started and where he is now. Okay. All right. Uh, the next little piece of this that I didn't put on the handout because it's just kind of filler between here and the, the next section. But in this section, it talks about the, the Midianites running and Gideon called in some reinforcements. He got uh, Naphtali and Asher and Manasseh, uh, and they pursued the, uh, the Midianites, and they caught a couple of them, and we'll, we'll probably tie that in the next weeks because that's where the rest of the story goes as Gideon gets a little confident in himself after all of this. Okay, so that's the story. I mean, that's the most famous part of Gideon's story. But it's just the climax of his growth. The, the steps that he took are what we want to learn here. Now, that's the purpose of this Faith Walker series. It isn't just to learn Old Testament stories or New Testament character stories, uh, although that's good. We need to know them. We ought to learn them. But what we want to do as faith walkers is look and see how this happened. How did these guys grow or fail like Samson may be? Or what did they do, right or wrong? And can we apply that to our faith walk? Okay, well, so far, I imagine everybody in here that's been paying attention anyway has seen themselves somewhere in Gideon's walk. Maybe you're still at the very first there. You know, where, whoa, I don't even know if God's working in my life. And I can't do anything. You know, I, I got no self-confidence. I got no self-esteem. I got, uh, my life's a mess. I'm hiding in the wine press. Okay. Well, there's a whole lot of steps after that. If you see yourself in that one, you look at the story of Gideon and say, okay, what did he do that got him to where he is now? Well, you know the steps if you've been paying attention. He started at home. 
<laughs> he, he did only what he had to do, only what he could do in his own strength. He obeyed. He did the next right thing, if you want to put it that way. And he got braver and braver. And God kept reinforcing him. He even asked God. He said, are you sure this is what I'm supposed to do? I need a little encouragement here. And then he finally got where he didn't ask God for that anymore. He knew what God's will was, so he was going on with it, even though he was scared. He obeyed in fear. So if you see yourself at any of those spots that, yeah, I know what i got to do, but I'm afraid to do it, well, try a Gideon. See if it works. God said it would work. And God said, I'll take care of it for you. Yeah. You got Look at it from the other direction. You got any Midianite camps in your life? I mean, that seemed like that big of an odds. That's where Gideon started. It was just him threshing the wheat. And God came to him and said, you're going to defeat the Midianites. Yeah, right. Yeah, I am. No, I can't, I can't handle the Midianites. Well, he grew to where, yeah, me and 300 can defeat the Midianites. And actually, we'll talk about it later. He grew to where, yeah, me and God can defeat the Midianites, whether I got to 300 or not. So look at, look at, look at Gideon's growth from, uh, I mean, the famous old line is from, he went from a zero to a hero. And that's what he did. Had nothing going for him. But trusting in God, obeying in fear, taking the small steps, doing what he knew he could do. Uh, God helped him along the way, built him up. He got braver and braver and stronger and stronger. Accomplished the great thing. Exactly what the angel told him he was going to do. You're going to whip the Midianites. So, somewhere in there, all of our lives, well, we pass through all of them at some time or another probably, but you may be at a specific spot where when I ask if you had any Midianite camps, you know exactly what it was. Yep, here's, the, here's what I'm battling, and I don't think I can do it. Well, you probably can't, but you and God can. He'll send you the 300. He'll send you what you need. He'll reinforce if you just obey, even if you're scared to death, right ahead and obey. All right, next week, when we'll make this one a little short because we're getting ready for camp and everything, and then we'll finish up next week and draw a bunch of conclusions. Next week, maybe, and I'm not claiming he certainly did, but maybe Gideon got just a little bit overconfident. Maybe he took it just a little bit past where he ought to and got to thinking, I'm pretty good at this. And we'll see what happened and what the uh, the people thought about Gideon after this great victory. All right, Darren selected a perfect song for our invitation, uh, Trust and Obey. What did Gideon do? Even when he didn't know if God was there, he trusted and obeyed. And God just kept coming through for him. So wherever you are in your walk, Trust and obey is the answer. We're going to sing that song, and if you need to respond in any way, come to the front. Let's stand and sing.